Welcome to the Aron Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. Tomorrow, the last soccer keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession. It's a young man's guy. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my paper, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready? Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome to their own sports podcast, January 17th, 2017. Just uh, completed the divisional round of the NFL playoffs last week, headed towards the uh, conference championships here this weekend. Uh, got a couple good games here, looking forward to it. But uh, first, let's head out to Vegas and check in with Rob. How you doing there, Rob? Oh, not too bad, hanging in there. Just uh, I got back here, like you said, on Sunday and had to... Missed those, that late game with Pittsburgh and Kansas City, which is kind of a bummer, so I had to go back and watch pieces of that to try to get a feel for it. And then I also was at the airport with that game-winning kick from Green Bay, so I had the, the whole airport erupted there after that that kick there. Just slid in the upper, left upright there. Yeah, I, I couldn't get a great view of it because I, I dropped it off, and then I was streaming it on my phone there while I was uh, in traffic on my way home. So I was, I was listening to the call there by Buck and Aikman, but I, all I could do is here when the kick went up the reactions of the crowd and uh and then waited for the announcers to chime in there so it was kind of uh an interesting little exercise and trying to guess the crowd reaction and the announcers reaction before they actually said anything but it was a pretty great game finally it was nice to see there's a finally a good game in the playoffs so it was good after there was what like seven eight straight games that were just horrible mm-hmm. from a fan perspective and basically from a betting perspective so anyway um Let's uh, start it off with a little recap. The weekend recap. Although we kind of already dove into it there, did you actually have any any bets going last weekend or? No, nothing again. It just nothing really jumped off the page. It uh, obviously we both like the Packers there, and like I said on the podcast, it's kind of the square bear type of play. And uh, from everything I heard, it was kind of a, a square sharp divide on that game. But I just thought it was the right side, and I still think it was the right side. And um, I didn't actually get on it, but I did have the teaser for my pick of the week that came through, which was pretty, got there in pretty easy fashion, and you had the, the four and a half too, I think it was, uh, for your pick of the week that got there fairly easily, unless it would have got into overtime or something crazy like that with the touchdown on Dallas, but, um, yeah, it wasn't, uh, another weekend, it's just kind of tough. It's, uh, with the, with the division games and the playoff games like this, it's just tough with, you have, I usually like riding the teams that are under the radar, not public teams, and betting against the public type of things like that to try to find as much value as possible. But now that you're in the playoffs, it's can't really get too many teams that are underneath the radar. And if you do even like a Houston team, they're just so bad it's so hard to back. And that was another perfect example. They're, you know, I thought there's no way they're going to be able to lose that game uh, uh, against the spread there, and somehow they, they lost by 18 and, and couldn't even cover the number when they were almost tied at halftime. So just, uh, you know, just tough and slim pickings for value, but maybe we can uh, – Scrape a little something out the plate uh, coming up this next weekend. Yeah, it's tough. You know, I mean, I don't really think you make a living betting against elite teams like the Patriots, with how much success they've had uh, spread-wise over the course of their career. But I also don't have any interest in laying big points with teams that I think are, um, you know, 
overinflated in terms of the, the price they're laying. And even though it hasn't totally caught up with them, I guess, if you're looking at their spread record, um, still just doesn't seem like a super profitable wager at this point. If you haven't ridden the streak so far with, with a team like the Patriots, it's hard to imagine that, uh, the value is not going to catch up with them at some point and they're going to be overvalued. And, and, uh, if you're jumping on them at this point, whatever, 13 years into the run, 15 years into the run, um, they kind of missed the boat on this one. So it's, uh, just hard to jump in at this point in the teams like those, but it's also, like you said, a team like Houston might be potentially a fly under the radar a little bit. Uh, just, there's just enough to, to not like about that type of uh, matchup like we talked about last week that's really hard to get involved uh, going the other way either. So, um, yeah, this, this week's a little bit uh, more intriguing definitely from a viewership standpoint and potentially from a point of spread perspective. But let's jump in here. It looks like the first game, uh, the early game on Sunday. So it goes 2 o'clock Eastern. We got Green Bay at Atlanta. Looks like uh, Atlanta's four and a half, five or so point favorite here at home what do you got on this one yeah this one i had uh, my guess was atlanta minus three as well as my power rating atlanta minus three and like we always use the Westgate for the opener and they opened at atlanta minus four and pretty much a little constant atlanta money from what i've seen i think there was a little bit of green bay money sprinkled in right away on open uh, and then you know since then it's pretty much been all atlanta money so yeah, like you said sitting at four and a half five I think I might just uh, move here, checking on it, but uh, I'm running a little bit of money towards Green Bay but at Bookmaker, but yeah, it's just, uh, obviously my power rating says bet Green Bay here, and I was kind of a little surprised it came in that high. I, I was thinking, you know, three, three and a half is where I'd be, uh, you know, think I would have came in at, just with how public of a team Green Bay is, but uh, this, you know, it's pretty obvious this is gonna might be another a split here with the, you know the sharper guys on Atlanta and 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 uh, the more square betters on Green Bay you would think, but it's just uh, it's just hard to bet against Green Bay here if you're getting this many points and I, I can kind of see where the public's coming from and, uh, and but their defense has been lacking and, and getting kind of torn apart, but I think it's pretty much the same story for Atlanta and so I mean I don't know sidewise I, I still have to lean Green Bay just getting the points because I feel like it's going to be like we said last week a you know, field goal game either way which I think we we're pretty spot on about I think you're the one that said that but pretty spot on there and I don't see why this game would be any different uh, I don't really see an Atlanta blow up by any means and uh, so yeah it's Green Bay or pass but I still don't know if I'm going to get to the window just because you know, I just don't know if I want to be on that side right now but the thing I am looking pretty closely at is that total at 61 uh, historically the, the highest total ever in the playoffs which is pretty crazy just a remarkably high total and uh, it's still getting bet up here I was almost going to jump in on my way home today at 61 and now i see a 61 and a half pop at station so basically just how high can it get type of thing and um it's basically total that you know both quarterbacks play elite play outstanding don't make many mistakes uh at least in the red zones and you know and the offenses look good and the, and the defenses play poor so i mean all that stuff to to hold up it just seems like that's going to be uh you know i think more often than not i think it's going to be to stay under this total, uh, so if I can get a 61 and a half, or maybe even sneak out a 62, I I like that a decent amount. I might be releasing it as a play. Yeah, that total is just bonkers there, but I also can't really uh, totally go against it either. Uh, but 61 like that, and I'll the Green Bay and Atlanta played earlier in the season, and I liked Atlanta a decent amount in that game. I think they were laying three, if I remember correctly. Uh, what was that week? Uh, I think what seven. Yeah, week seven. And uh, that game ended up being 33-32. And I remember in that game, there wasn't anything fluky about that score. They were pretty much just moving up and down the field. 
And that was before Green Bay's offense really got going and before their defense got more injured. So it's hard to, hard to argue with the total line where it's at, uh, as historic as it is. But I can see uh, your thought process there. Like we talked about a few weeks ago when you have totals lying this high, one or two fluky things happen and it's just, there's just not enough time to, to get over the total. So, um, you know, whatever it's, you know, there's not going to be a whole lot of, your average person jumping on the under with the way these two offenses are performing, that's for sure. But uh, it's interesting that when you look at that game uh, back in week seven there, I remember I, I think I got Atlanta at minus three or was minus two and a half or it was right, right in that ballpark. And uh, now Green Bay's won, how many have they won, like seven in a row or something like that, six in a row, somewhere in there. And uh, – Obviously, Atlanta's been on fire, too, but now they're looking at the line at four and a half, five. It's kind of interesting when you talk about Green Bay being such a public team, and both teams are basically on fire, which you know you normally get when you're talking about conference championship games. But uh, it's kind of interesting that the line swung swung up that this high towards Atlanta over the course of the season uh, from where the teams were rated at before. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think this game is pretty similar to the, the Green Bay-Dallas game last week where I like... I think I like both these teams a decent amount and think it could come down to the wire uh, towards the end and see their team sneaking out a victory here. So definitely like the Green Bay side of it again, uh, getting you know five points. But the one caution I do have on this game that I don't like quite as much as last week is I felt last, last week was a little bit of a lower variance game, and I figured that it was going to be a really good chance of it being pretty close towards the end of the game. Whereas this game... Um, just based on Atlanta's offense being so potent, I see like I think there's more uh, a higher percentage possibility that Atlanta either blows out Green Bay or gets a not cheap cover late, but scores late to to cover the number. So in a game last week, where say just for instance, um, you know, say there was a 33% chance I thought Green Bay was going to win, 33% chance Dallas was going to win but not cover and a 33% chance Dallas was going to cover. I think this game's more of a um, you know 40% chance uh, Atlanta wins and covers, 20% chance they win but don't cover, and 40% chance Green Bay wins outright. So I just think the um, likelihood of, of uh, probabilities of the outcome in this game is a lot more spread out than last week. So even though it's basically the same point spread at 4.5 or 5, I think the likelihood of those points mattering – uh, isn't quite as high in this matchup than last week. So I do lead in Green Bay, but no, I don't like it quite as much as I did last week. Uh, yeah, I, was, I, I had a few more things here. This, uh, okay. I was going to say about the total. It's basically, like, like I said, going along with me, it's like it's basically everything is just from the public perception. You have both offenses that are on fire and can't be stopped, and then you have both defenses, Atlanta not as bad last week, but Green Bay getting torched a little, you know, a little bit, especially towards the second half there, and Atlanta hasn't been good all year, and that's kind of not no secret. So just that public perception of the defense is bad, offense is good, so I'm going to bet the total and bet over the total. It's kind of just, you know, obviously that's what you're paying for and why it's so high, but it's just uh, the public perception, and obviously that's what I like to go against. So it, like I said, I think that's where I'd be looking here in that, that total. Um, and also the other thing to look at is the money line, which is kind of interesting. Um, just how I could even find Atlanta. It's a little bit cheaper than New England, but it's, you know it's pretty close. Just and it, just because a lot of people want to take, you know, the big the public people are going to take a, a big money line to catch a big ticket because they don't like laying a, a big number. You know, for example, they don't want to lay 200, 250 to win 100. They want to 
bet 100 to win 200 to 250 just because they like a bigger payout. So with these bigger type of games like that, um, not that I like it necessarily this week, but even something in the Super Bowl is something I'm kind of looking at. If uh, Maybe take a money line if uh, I like the team. But if the way it's probably going to play out this year, I probably won't just because I'm kind of a little bit lower on New England. But something to maybe keep in mind in the future is if you do like a, a favorite, take the take the money line instead of laying, laying the points if uh, the money line is a lot lower because they're trying to attract some, some money on the other side. Yeah, I think that's a valid point too and uh so what are we looking at here for green bay talking about what plus 175 180 somewhere in there mm-hmm. yeah so yeah i think that's uh especially um like like as, as i was talking about earlier if, if in a higher variance game like this uh if, where the points might not be as likely to come into play with being the thought process yeah you might as well instead of laying 110 take the plus 175 and uh, in in the occurrences where the team wins outright, which uh, should be more than enough in that eighty five cent gap, in my opinion, uh, it's, that's probably worth a look. So I think that's a, a very valid point here no, in, in this situation. You saying take the? I'm saying take the laying the price with Atlanta. Oh, the favorite, the favorite. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Because that's um, basically that's what a lot of people do. Like I'm saying, they want a bigger payout because they don't want to lay. They don't want to go to the window and lay two to one. Because they want to get a, you know go to make a big payout if they bet a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars whatever, so that's why in these bigger type of games you have betters that don't normally bet that are coming out just to try to you know make a bigger score, um, so that's why sometimes this you know the money line on a team can go lower on the favorite just because people don't want to risk as much on that to to because yeah, it's a smaller payout. Yeah, public Green Bay better goes to the window and and says hey I want to bet a hundred dollars on the Packers what do I get back and they say oh you get ninety dollars back they're like well. I'm not even getting the same amount I bet. Like that's, and they're like, "Oh, you can do a money line." They're like, "Oh, how's that work?" And they're like, "Oh, if they win the game, you're gonna get your hundred back plus another 175." And their their mind, they're like, "Oh, oh I thought, you know, why why not? That's, that sounds like a good deal to me." So, like yeah, like you said, the books will decrease the money line there in the favorite. So even though those four and a half five points might be worth, you know, say what minus 240, 250 in reality or something along those lines, uh, it's a little bit deflated there from where it should be and uh, you can get it for a little bit cheaper so you're going to get those points basically at a, at a bargain or a discount that's uh what you're talking about right yeah correct gotcha so yeah no sorry sorry i wasn't following there i was busy uh checking out some uh some stats here for the next game but you know i think that's uh that's a very valid strategy as well so Obviously, you can't think, just blindly, uh, blindly bet on it by any means, but something, you know, if you had a lean here towards Atlanta, that might not be a bad idea because I think you're going to get more value, especially at this point on the Atlanta money line compared to the, the you know, laying, or laying the points with Atlanta. Vice versa, even with Green Bay, I think you're going to get more value on, on the spread than you would the money line in this, in this specific game. Yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting. I think that, I guess that would go into, um, if you're talking about, I think I agree with you just from from a market perspective that you might be getting a little bit of a discounted, I mean, a, a discounted price on the spread with Green Bay versus the money line based on the fact that the money line is probably going to be artificially lower than it should be. But then if you go back to my earlier point about the higher variance games, if you think this is a higher variance game where, you know, one or two pick sixes or something like that is enough to not make the point spread irrelevant, but make it less likely to come into play. I think you can make a fairly valid point that um, you could almost just take the money line either way in this game and, and might be a decent bet. 
But anyway, I uh, I, see, I definitely see what you're saying, um, and I think that's a really valid point, and definitely something to to keep in mind when you're figuring out exactly how you want to attack a, a ball game. So uh, the late game here, uh, the AFC Championship game, we got Pittsburgh coming off uh, uh, their win at Kansas City, and now they travel on the road here to play New England off what, yeah, like you mentioned earlier, was a little bit of a dicey first half against Houston, but they ended up getting the job done and, and pulling away and getting the cover late there. So looks like New England's laying five and a half, six here at home against Pittsburgh. What do you got on this one? Yeah, this one, my guess was New England minus four and a half. My power rating was New England minus three and a half, actually. And the opener at Westgate had New England minus five and a half. And slight tick of New England money, but nothing nothing crazy. And I'm, I'm a little shocked at this number. I thought it would be more in the four and a half area, um, five maybe at the highest and somewhere around there. Um, so I'm a little little surprised it's up to six, and um, I don't think this would be a, something that gets to seven by any means, or six and a half even. I think it's this might be the this might be the ceiling for this game. So I either you know think it'd be in here, or maybe come down a tad with the Pittsburgh money, and this probably will be pretty similar to last game, just from who's me betting who. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of the public's going to be on Pittsburgh, I would assume, uh, getting points here. But yeah, I'm not not certain about this one, and I can see it either way, I guess, because obviously New England's such a big public team too. So I would tend to think that there can be more money coming out of Pittsburgh from the public. But uh, that's my original. I'm just obviously based on my power range. That's where I'd originally lean towards would be Pittsburgh. Um, it just seems like I, I'm kind of lower on New England, like I mentioned before uh, earlier on that in the last game. But it's just they basically are getting the the rep of a team that's just you know unstoppable. That's a great team and all that stuff, but. I I don't know I've just been watching them and they obviously a good team but they don't seem margins above other teams by any stretch and obviously this you'd probably give New England three and a half four for home field so you're saying they're a couple points better so I don't think that's ter- terribly far off but the problem is if Pittsburgh's offense gets rolling at all it's uh you know it can get it can get out of hand in a, in a hurry and I don't know if New England especially with Brady as he's getting older if he has quite the ability to you know make a comeback and, and, and put up a ton of points like they that they have in the past either so i'm not you know gonna be rushing the window by any means but this new england team i'd be kind of wanting to fade but then just the more i look into it too with the pittsburgh that late night game uh hard fought battle hard fought battle against kansas city and then new england's got an extra day and almost pretty much a day and a half to prepare it's you know that's going to play pretty key into this game just from obviously belichick and the, the extra day, day and a half is going to play you know, a huge component in this game as a whole. So that's another another thing that shies me away. But um, I think the, it's been said a few different times, maybe on Twitter you've seen it or whatever, but I think it's worth mentioning how New England's played the you know the 32nd ranked uh, schedule out of any teams. They've pretty much played the easiest schedule in the whole NFL. And uh, it's it's kind of hard, not that that's their fault by any means, but it's kind of hard to gauge a team when I think, you know, there's a stat out what the best quarterback they played. And I think it's maybe it was Russell Wilson, I think is what somebody said, and 15th yeah, ranked quarterback. that was the case I was going to make. Yeah, so I'll, I guess I'll leave that to you to, to list those off. But, yeah, they talk about not playing good quarterbacks and then not playing a good strength of schedule. It's not that you want to discredit them completely, but it's it's they really haven't been tested, and that's if it wasn't a Belichick Brady, it'd definitely be a little bit different of a story, and I obviously won't, the spread won't be as high, but it's uh, something to definitely make a case against New England 
just because they really haven't been tested, and Pittsburgh's going to give them a really good test. And the last time they did play Pittsburgh, it was a Landry Jones-led team, which is obviously worlds away of what of, with Roethlisberger in the helm, and especially have Antonio Brown and, and Bell clicking on all cylinders right now as well, So, or at least up to last game more so. But um, So, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's just tough because I, I wanted to bet Pittsburgh here and fade New England, but I just don't know if I can if I can get there unless it's, if it does happen to creep up anymore. I just don't think that it will. Yeah, um, to that quarterback point, I think uh, I heard someone talking about it a little bit before, and then I just started digging into it more, and it was like, so they played Russell Wilson in Seattle at home and and lost that one crazy game, 31-24, a couple months ago. And other than that, who's the best quarterback they played? I mean, they played the Steelers, but that was when Landry Jones was in there, and they won at Pittsburgh by 11. Other than that, I, I mean, we're talking Joe Flacco, uh, Carson Palmer in week one, who had a terrible year. Tannehill, first time around. I mean, I'd, any, Andy Dalton, I guess. Any, any of those quarterbacks do a whole lot for you? Like it, uh, and that's, no, those are hand picking the best of the group. Other than that, it's, you know, the Fitzpatrick's of the world, the Kaepernick's, the, I guess Tyrod Taylor, uh, the, whoever the hell Browns had in there week five. So, I mean, when you talk about, Strength of schedule and and uh, maybe artificially propping up their defense from a, you know impressiveness standpoint and their uh, statistical profile. Uh, you can't get a whole lot more propped up than than they potentially are. And like you said, you can't hold against them. Doesn't mean they're terrible. Doesn't mean they're bad. Doesn't even mean they're necessarily just average. They might be the best defense left in the playoffs. But uh, if you want to dig a little bit below the surface, um, I think you could very easily make a case that. Uh, they're not nearly as good as as one might think, and and if that's the case at all, uh, the way Pittsburgh's been playing, not not great, but above average, you know, pretty good, and has the offense to take advantage if New England's defense isn't as good as people expect them to be. Now, I think five and a half, six is a lot of points here, and uh, I trust New England's offense. I think that's uh, you know just been rolling and it'll be just fine, but I. Don't have any doubt in my mind that Pittsburgh will be able to have at least some success offensively, and uh, there's a decent chance that they'll be able to have a lot of success offensively. And if that's the case, five and a half, six seems like a lot of points. And like you said, they're a little bit of a hesitation based on the scheduling spot, coming off a fairly hard-fought game. They're winning by two in Kansas City on a late game, and then turn it around. But when it's you know conference championship, I think that you can kind of uh, power through that for a week or two to some extent. I don't think they're going to come out and be flat by any means, obviously, or, or too banged up or tired. And then they do get the later game on Sunday, so they get almost a full week to prepare. And uh, so, I mean, I don't know. It's It might impact them a little bit, but I don't think it's too big of an issue or, or too big of a, a worry. I know there's a deal with Antonio Brown sending out videos and uh, Tomlin kind of, calling him out about it and saying that, you know, it's a dumb move basically and that's a little bit concerning, but I don't think it's, you know, they're they're all veteran guys. They've been there before. Uh, it's not quite as worrisome with them than, say, maybe like an Atlanta team or something that's uh, maybe not as accustomed to the situation. So, I don't know. I think uh, this, this point spread's a little bit inflated uh, and I wouldn't be shocked at all if this comes down to either one of these teams driving late to try to, to win the ball game and and 
if the you know they don't, the other team might win by three or four, and and this is plenty to cover it. So I like Pittsburgh quite a bit here, and uh, I think both these games are just going to be uh, hopefully pretty good from a entertainment standpoint, and I'm excited to watch them both. So should be a good Sunday for the conference championships here. You got any other final thoughts on either of these games? No, not really. Um, nothing I can really add. I guess we could probably touch on the total just because it's a short podcast, but sitting right now at 50 and a half, 51, and original lean, I just thought maybe a little bit to the under again, so, um, a, a little bit of money coming in on the under, but nothing, nothing crazy, but I won't be shocked if this sub below 50 by kickoff, uh, the 49, 49 and a half range, but, uh, yeah, that'd be the way I look. It'd be the under. I just don't know if I'll get to the window with the player not on it. If you were forced to make a two-team teaser, and if you won, you got a million dollars, and you could either tease both the dogs up or both the favorites down, which way would you tease them? Hmm. Um, that's a good question. I I don't know. Let me think about it for a second. What's your original lean? Um, I, I, I guess I would tease them up, get them both above 10, and... Uh, and then hope that they're both as close as I expect them to be at the end. But that's a little bit scary because, you know, a team can, if a team's going to win the game by seven, they could very easily win it by 14 to bust up that tease. So, um, I would probably lean to teasing the both the dogs up, but, um, I don't feel super strongly about it. I feel like the teaser would be slightly more effective teasing them down and just hoping the both home favorites find a way to sneak it out. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. I think I'd do the teach them down, take the favorites just to win the game outright and get a point or two there uh, on each game or whatever, depending on the game. But, yeah, that's what I'd probably lean towards is hope the home favorites would come through and uh, and do it that way. Well, you want to make a dinner bet on it? Yeah, I might either, have to. If either one of our teasers get uh, busted up, the other one will buy the other guy dinner. And if they both land within the teaser range either way, then uh, no blood. All right, sounds good. All right. Well... Uh, we're uh, foregoing the concept corner this week just because it's just kind of a truncated podcast here with only two games going, and there wasn't anything uh, extremely pressing that we wanted to discuss this year. So we'll be back next year with the concept corners and uh, back and ready to go there next year. Um, so let's finish the podcast out this week with the pick of the week. The AS Pick of the Week. All right, so last week we both got back on track. I, Like you said earlier, I had Green Bay uh, put the points, and you had Green Bay teased to the over. So Green Bay winning outright as an underdog, cashed for us both with uh, the score being as high as it was. So it looks like we both got back to 1-1 one one here in the playoffs, even though we've said over and over again that our playoff bets aren't nearly as strong of plays as we've had so far in the regular season. So... um I guess this week, since we both got back on track, uh, I think you went first last week. Why don't you uh, go again here? Yeah, I just want to say uh, for your aforementioned point uh, about the concept corners, yeah, I think it just makes sense to just, uh, just get the, uh, keep that off uh, for the rest of the season here not to waste anybody's time. So I want to make it as efficient as possible on the podcast. So, um, But, yeah, as for the, the pick of the week here, I think uh, it's pretty obvious because I've been breaking it down on the Play like the most so far. I think I'll go the under in that Green Bay Atlanta game. What uh, What do you think we should grade that at? Sixty and a half or sixty one? I think there's plenty of sixty ones on there right now. All right, yeah. So under sixty one uh, at Atlanta and Green Bay will be my pick of the week. And that's one. Uh, if you're planning on watching the game, it might not be the most enjoyable bet to watch a game with. But 
I just got to kind of put that aside and know that there's going to be a lot of people in the same boat that don't want to be rooting for that either. So you might be getting a couple extra points of value for that sole purpose there. Um, I think I'm going to go to the other game, and uh, I think I'm going to take Pittsburgh. Just uh, give me the, what, five and a half is probably the fairest number out right now. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think it's quite a few sixes. All right. Well, I guess there's at Westgate, which is basically our default book. There's a six right now. So, all right, I'll uh, I'll take Pittsburgh plus six, and and you got the Green Bay Atlanta under sixty one. So, hopefully, uh, at the worst, there we get a split between the two of us, and and uh, yeah, maybe we can get uh, two and zero, oh and have some to root for for both games there, and hopefully some people tail us at home, and then we can make some money for them. So, anyway, that uh, wraps up the divisional round here so best of luck to everybody this weekend and uh, we'll talk to you next week here we'll probably take off and then uh before the super bowl we'll probably do a little bit of a longer podcast breaking down the game and then uh some many some props and other uh little tidbits of information we got here so uh long i guess compared to this week but probably closer to a regular season podcast length so any closing final thoughts here, Robert? No, I'm just, uh, yeah, I watched games here this weekend, ready to get my free dinner from you once my teaser comes through on each side. So uh, we'll uh, watch that uh, pretty closely. All right, sounds good. Well, best of luck. If you do get involved, uh, check out aronesports.com if we do have any official releases this week on either one of the games. And have a good weekend, everybody, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.